I feel like running was the one sport that if you have any niggles in your body, it will show when you run. So I, at 18, I really couldn't even run um, like a 5K. Yeah. So I didn't think I pursued any form of excellence. You know, sure. if you really want to excel at something, you have to put in those 8-10 years yeah. of yeah. working 3-4 to this four hours a day at it. Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. 10,000 yeah. hours. Yeah. Never put in 10,000 hours yeah. for anything. Yeah. And you're doing something that's good for you and your mind and your body and yeah. it's a question. You know, as, yeah. as they say, like when you eat healthy or you don't drink, like 100 questions as to why you're not drinking. I think now you have a lot of CEOs who are running, who are into running and then you have like your, in what you see in your Mumbai Marathon, there are yeah. a lot of leaders lot who of run. Leaders yeah. um, of course, then there'll be the cynics who say, oh, see this person had a heart, heart attack. attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why do you want to run? Hi, welcome to The Other Side. I'm your host Dilip, an entrepreneur and an endurance athlete. In this podcast, we will explore the experiences of high-performing individuals while unpacking their mental and physical fitness routines that took them to where they are. Hi, welcome to the another episode of The Other Side. Today I'm going to talk to Nirupa Shankar. She's the Joint Managing Director of uh, the Brigade Group. A mother of two, a triathlete, a marathoner, and she claims to be the greatest fan of Nadal. But we don't talk about real estate or running a public listed company where she is a Joint Managing Director. This is going to be a cool and fun conversation for you to listen up. Let's get into it. Thank you, Nirupa, for yeah. uh, taking time and sit with me today. Uh, uh, the theme of this podcast, the conversations which I usually have is to uh, unpack and explore the other side of people I find very interesting. And yeah. uh, it's usually around my curiosity uh, because for a lot of people, uh, they know Nirupa as a corporate leader. Uh, you know, you're one of the known leaders in a large brand brigade. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure if a lot of people know about your other side, which was very uh, interesting to me when someone told me, hey, uh, you know, this is what she does uh, uh, for her uh, as a passion, as a hobby. And uh, I got very curious. And to be very honest, uh, I couldn't get much, a lot of literature, uh, <laughs> which I could uh, spend time uh, On the triathlon prepping. part, is it? Yes. Uh, so I thought, why not I uh, talk to you? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. kind of unpack that and uh, hoping that's, uh, you know, a lot of useful, hopefully it's a useful uh, knowledge base for people listening and watching. Yeah. So thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, I want to start by asking how many Nadal live matches have you seen <laughs> in your life? Uh, two. Two? Yeah, I'm a huge Nadal fan. I know so that. I've watched him win the US Open finals against Djokovic. And okay. I recently went for his French Open uh, which he played against, I think it was Casper Ruud. Okay. So hopefully, it was his 22nd Grand Slam. Yeah. So ho hopefully not his last. Yeah. Um, and I'd gone to the French Open once before, thinking, okay, okay it's French Open, Nadal is going to win, I have to go see this. And so I bought tickets for the semis and the finals, and he lost in the quarters. Oh, man. Of all the years <laughs> yeah. that he had to lose, he lost that, that year one. in the quarters, so yeah. I didn't get to see him then. Right. So it was always my wish to see him, uh, you know, in his home element. Right. So, uh, of course, I mean, the generation what we live, we have seen um, some amazing players. And for the people who think Federer and Djokovic is the greatest, what makes you think Nadal is the greatest? Oh gosh, this could go on forever. The whole sure. conversation. Let's keep it very short to say why do Nirupa thinks that Nadal is the greatest? Um, it's so many things, right? It's not just like, okay, these are my stats, right? It's the personality. I like the personality that he is. Sure. It's 
you know, I feel like it's much like me. I feel like it doesn't come naturally. Of course, he's smart. It comes, he's obviously very talented. But when he plays, it looks like he's working really hard at every single shot. And I feel, and you know, when people talk about Djokovic and Federer, they say, oh, it comes so easily. It comes so naturally to him, to them. And I feel like Nadal is somebody I can identify with because I feel like I've had to work hard at my sport. Like, I don't think it's just come naturally to me. It's something sure. I need to work hard at. So, and it's the fighting spirit. It's the m mindset. It's the mentality. And it's also the entertainment. I just find Nadal a lot more entertaining to watch than, you know. The other guys. Than Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, I hope people don't uh, start pinging you on social media to say that you were wrong. But, uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone has their own uh, favorites. Uh, yeah. So that sets a good base. I want to ask you to start with, uh, there's a lot to unpack about you. Uh, I usually start with probably one of the two toughest things. One, uh, what was your workout for the in the morning today? Good morning. I didn't work out this morning because okay. I went out <laughs> late night late Friday? night last night. Okay. So my workout took the back seat. <laughs> ah, okay. And, uh, and so does that mean you're doing your workout tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow I'm biking. Yeah. Biking is it? How long? Is it indoor, outdoor? It's outdoors. Okay. So Sundays I try to do my outdoor okay. biking, which tomorrow I should try to hit 80k. And is it solo or with a group? Prefer to go with a group. Okay. It's just more fun, yeah. more I like to chat, yeah. so I like to talk and, you know, the group always helps, so Brilliant. Yes. definitely with the group. Brilliant. So yeah. that gets a cue that, okay, uh, you're already into cycling, which we, has, we have to unpack. Yeah. What was on your breakfast plate in the morning? Breakfast plate was mangoes, because okay. it was the season for mangoes. All right, so you start your day with the best uh, <laughs> yes. dessert to get what, started yeah. with. Mangoes, because that's the best time to have it. Right. And then uh, lunch, I okay. mean, actually I had a snack, I had a protein okay. shake for okay. a snack, and then okay. lunch was... Ragi roti and, okay. you know, dals okay. and veggies yeah. and all that. Give, Good stuff. Gives me some cues that you're very conscious about uh, what, what you're putting into your system. I try to be, but okay. 5 o'clock is my weak point. We haven't gotten there yet. So, yeah. okay. if you ask me what you had at 5 o'clock, that would not have been so, so healthy. So, that, that's the expectation that you're not going to talk about what you eat at 5 o'clock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it done. Um, let's start with the sporting space, right? So, uh, grow... Going back to your early days, growing days, yeah. um, I was watching your TED talk and uh, you had said there you had always loved playing sport, yeah. but you never pursued it enough to be great at it. Yeah. Could you elaborate uh, and talk through what, how were you as a young kid yeah. from school to college about your sporting fitness? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think like I was, uh, I love sport, like I love to sweat it out. So I used to do something. So every summer, every summer I would only play tennis. Okay. But then playing only three months a year, you're never going to be good at it. How did you pick only, I mean, how did you pick tennis? Tennis because I think I grew up watching it. So my okay. dad and I would watch every single Grand Slam, you know, okay. over the course of the year. So that was our thing. So okay. I grew up watching tennis, okay. starting from maybe Stefan Edberg days. Wow. So I've been watching, like Grand Slams are one thing I watch. Okay. And so I picked up tennis. I love the sport. I think it's a beautiful sport. So I wanted to play it, but I started really late in life. So I started maybe 12 at 12, which is not early enough to get sure. good at something, and especially yeah. if we're going to do it every summer. Yeah. During the school uh, during the school days, then I would do basketball. So okay. I played. I loved basketball. So I would leave home early, seven o'clock, to hit the basketball court before school started, and that I really had fun with. So I co-captained our school basketball team. And which school is this? So Fire High School okay, down the okay, road, so okay. I used to just walk up. Right. And then I went to Malaya Diti for the 11th and 12th. And there they didn't have a full-fledged team. So there I co uh, captained the girls' team as well. And we 
uh, didn't win any major tournaments, mm. but you know, it was the first time the the school actually entered into multiple basketball competitions. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, overall, school was good. Like I, I, I feel like I never worked very hard at anything. Okay. You know, like if things got too tough, um, waking up got too hard. Um, I would just stop or yeah. whine about it. Right. Uh, swimming again, I would do very sporadically, okay. summer camp. Um, so didn't really pursue anything for a long period of time. I did Carnatic music for three years and okay. I stopped. So I really didn't pursue anything, okay. you know, and apart from just getting decent grades at school, mm. really didn't do anything much. Sometimes I'd enter into school competitions for debate or this mm. or that, but nothing really to take me through my entire span of life to become, to excel at something. You know, sure. if you really want to excel at something, you have to put in those eight, 10 years yeah. of yeah. working three to this four hours a day at it. Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. 10,000 yeah. hours. Yeah. Never put in 10,000 hours yeah. for anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hopefully work but till you should, now. I don't so know if you read, you should probably also read David Epstein's uh, range where he uh, goes on the other side contradiction that you don't need 10,000 hours because <laughs> he's gone out and um, uh, researched, uh, uh, you know, sportsmen, elite athletes, where say that they haven't, they probably started a little late in life and they've also yeah. kind of made it. So, yeah. so there's hope, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, hope. so school days, uh, no, so for typical, uh, uh, so how old are you, by the way, right now? I'm 40. Right, so which means growing up 80s, right? So yeah, for an 80s, 80s kid, uh, Sporting is doesn't come for a lot of people very naturally, like that was yeah. not the culture, right? So how was it in the family? Like, I mean, uh, sport, fitness was like a thing or was it you who was kind of having not really interest? like my immediate family that is my parents and my sister were really not into sport okay uh, maybe as a young kid my dad used to play a bit of table tennis carom okay <laughs> stuff like that yeah uh, mom never used to play any sport so really it's I don't that's what I'm saying I, I don't think it, it comes naturally to me okay. but maybe my extended family like cousins and all that they were pretty good badminton players okay uh, very tall, lean people. I don't okay. know what happened here, but sure. uh, didn't get the height. I didn't right. get uh, the leanness for sure. But right. anyway, so. Yeah. But you made it to the school captain. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, I was very aggressive. You okay. know, I think I used all the the way to like get my way around. Okay. So okay. I used to be very aggressive. So they used to call me the bull. Okay. Um, so what I didn't have in height, I made up in aggression. Aggression. So. <laughs> but that still didn't make you explore uh, maybe wrestling or any other sport, no, no, no. right? So so, so uh, from school to college, was the transition still going into the sports? So actually, I after 12th standard, I moved to the US for about eight years. Okay. And there, honestly, everything came to a standstill. I tried playing club sport. I was like the shortest person there, I'm 5'3". Uh, so I'm not very tall. Yeah. Um, so all the women there are so much taller. There's just no chance of playing, adding yeah. value to any team yeah. when you're that short. And those women are just a lot stronger. So yeah. didn't play any sport. And the culture is also very different because they're coming from a cross country or even in the school level. Yeah. They have those it's highly competitive, competitive. and yeah. you know. So I just uh, honestly didn't do any sport from 18 to almost mid 30s. Okay. And that's when the Eureka moment happened. So, so I went to the gym okay. to like just get some exercise during, in. During the college yeah, days? Yeah, between 18 to whatever, my mid-30s, I would go to the gym. Because yeah. obviously you need to stay, stay somewhat fit. But I didn't play any sport okay. the entire time. So, okay. And in fact, at 18, my knees hurt so badly because there's something called a jumper's knee. Like, you know, okay. in school sports, you okay. come in and you start playing. There's okay. no warm-up, there's no uh, cool-down, yeah. there's no there's stretching, no yeah. there's yeah. no mobility, there's yeah. no strength training, yeah. there's no yoga, Plus, there's no, not, not there's no resistance band training. Yeah. Yeah. So you come in, you start playing, you finish playing, you go to the assembly and that's it. Yeah. So I had, at 18 years old, I couldn't even climb a 
flight of stairs. I was in a solid amount of pain. So then I had to go to physio and then the physio said, okay, go do all these glute exercises and knee exercise, knee strengthening of all the muscles around the knee. So I did that and mm. that's all I did. Okay. So I, at 18, I really couldn't even run um, like a 5K. Right. So all, all through this till, till your mid-20s, uh, uh, I mean, sports uh, took our backseat, right? So staying fit, staying healthy at that age usually doesn't come naturally to that age yeah. group, right? It's not yeah. the priority at all. How yeah. was it for you? Was it still in your conscious mind that, look, I want to stay fit, stay healthy or... Yeah, actually there's this misnomer that, you know, oh, Americans, they're all like fat. Mm. You know, you go to college, there's not a single overweight person. Mm. Everybody is into fitness, like the gyms are packed, people are so active, at least at that age group, 18 to 22. Mm. Everybody's so health conscious at why 18. What do you think it's like that in the US? I don't know. Okay. People are health conscious. I think okay. this whole average, the obesity in America mm. is limited to a few states. Crazy, it's huh? limited to a few areas. Sure. Mm. And the national average might be certain. But in college, there were girls who would eat just like boiled vegetables because they wanted to stay fit. Like mm. they were, the gyms were always packed. And it was hard pressed for me to find an overweight person in college. And that college had 18,000 people. Okay. You know, so the, there is this whole health consciousness always at the back of your mind. And honestly, it, it gets to you quite early. I honestly didn't care. I was just so excited that I could have waffles for breakfast and burgers for lunch and pizza for dinner and yeah. no restrictions on food. So I definitely gained, you know, there's something called a freshman 15. Mm. I gained, and that's usually 15 pounds. Mm. I gained 15 kilos. Okay. <laughs> so every time I would go to the US, I'd gain weight. I'd come back to India in four months, you know, in your 20s, you lose weight so easily. I'd three, four months, I'd shed everything. Okay. Um, but I, I didn't want to, you know, obviously be overweight. Mm. But there is some health conscious, but I was not obsessed. I was never mm. been, I've, I've never been obsessed with weight okay. and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you never had any challenges as such where, uh, you know, you felt that, okay, uh, you're kind of treating the line of being overweight or any of such issues? I was borderline, yeah. It okay. would like yo-yo okay. here and there. And okay. I honestly, I didn't... That's a very honest confession. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't really care too much. Like, okay. I was not obsessed. Okay. I was not obsessed. All right, okay. Uh, all right, so right now when you look at it, uh, you know, you're 40 now. Uh, what does fitness mean to you? Like, wh how, how would you define uh, fitness for yourself? I think it's important on many fronts to to not have that extra weight on you because it does weigh you down. Uh, pun intended. Um, fitness to me is just, hey, can I, can I go about my day-to-day -day activities? Mm. And if I want to get up in the morning and run 10K, can I run 10K without any pain? Mm. Because I feel like running was the one sport that if you have any niggles in your body, it will show when you run. Sure. So if you can run pain-free, yeah. for me, that means everything in your machinery, in your body is functioning. It's well-oiled. You have a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Because the moment the people who get pain when they run, then something is off somewhere. Yeah. So I like to run. To, for me, if I can run 10K pain-free, yeah. it means, okay, I'm fit. You're fit. Because, yeah. like I said, to me, running shows whether you have a well-oiled machine or not. Sure, yeah. sure. So... Uh, so just to add to a layer to it, right? Uh, you're a mother of two. Uh, yeah. In a sense, you're also an outlier because there are not many corporate women leaders, uh, you know, in, in our industry across uh, sectors, right? Uh, yeah. Let alone, uh, I don't know much about the real estate, but I would assume it's the same um, uh, ratio that it's even lesser. Be many, even yeah. lesser, right? So, so in that sense, you're a lot outlier. Plus, now you train uh, an endurance sport, uh, triathlon, uh, which is running 
cycling, swimming, yeah. and you were just telling your training for uh, full Ironman, yeah. right? So uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about that. But if you combine all these factors, the odds are extremely high to look at someone like you to say that, how would you find time yeah. uh, to train? So, I'm, so I want you to kind of delve into your mental models. Yeah. Uh, what makes you pursue this as a primary activity like yeah. sport endurance sport is an activity for you to stay fit i would assume and like yeah. you were saying uh before we roll the camera that um uh, you know you're doing it for that sense of win not winning yeah. a podium but it's sense of finishing it yeah right yeah and that allows you to stay fit but then you have this extremely demanding yeah. uh, personal life uh, yeah. professional life yeah so why endurance sports yeah and uh why choosing this at this age where most of the people are done, right? Yeah. So, long question. Sure. I'll try and keep as concise as possible. You so, can go as long yeah. as you want. So, the thing is, I think I started very late in life, first of all. So, I'm not going to win any major triathlon because I, I was not some national level swimmer. I was not some national level runner. I was, I start, my first 10K, I did after my first child. At 35 years old was when I did my first 10K, 35, 34, I can't mm. remember now. Uh, so that was just five years ago. And the reason I started getting into running, first of all, was because I had gained 30 kilos. You know, and I was significantly overweight. I had to shed that weight. And I started running as a form of cardio. I was doing mm. strength. I said, okay, as a form of cardio. And like I said, I had done so much of strength training that I started to run pain-free. Okay. But however, if you run enough, you'll start getting niggles. So if you want to run well, and I love running, I find it very, I find it a de-stressor and it's my biggest de-stressor. Then you need to stretch. Yes. Then you need, so you need to do some yoga. Hmm. If you want to run pain-free, you need to do some strength training. So a lot of because, ancillary stuff yeah. around running. Yeah. yeah. If you want to run pain-free, you need to ice your knees or you need to do... Uh, yeah. swim or go for a cold swim yeah. so that inflammation reduces. Yeah. If you want to run, you need to do your foam rolling. Foam rolling, yeah. So by the time you do all these things, so I had to, I started swimming as a, to offset the inflammation of the running. Okay. So then once you start swimming, you're like, okay, then COVID hit or something hit and I was like, okay, then if you add one more sport like cycling, then you're anyway doing all of this. And the funny part is the running community that I was in, I was part of this Runners 360, Shreyas Karnad's group. And that community talked a lot about triathlon. So I just okay. got interested. Okay. And I probably joined his uh, uh, thing when I was maybe, like I said, 35, 36. Okay. And so at that point, 36, four years ago, I was like, what is this triathlon business? Like I had no idea about mm. it and I didn't know I could ever do it. Mm. And so I said, okay, you know, maybe, so I understood talking to people. Okay, so I said, okay, I'll do a sprint triathlon at 36. I'll do a, a Olympic Distance, distance yeah. at 37, yeah. I'll do a half Ironman at 38. Okay. And then before I turn 40, the gift to myself will be full a full Ironman. I'll yeah. gift it to myself, Yeah. you know. So that's what that's what drove me. So it started like that. The journey yeah. started with, hey, let me train for a sprint triathlon. And okay. that felt like a huge achievement. And even in fact, my first uh, TEDx talk or second one was on this. Sure. Just getting to being called a triathlete for me meant a lot. Yeah. Because I love sport, I love being athletic, I love spending time on athletics, but I was never, it didn't come naturally, so I was never like really some great athlete. So for me to be called a triathlete meant something to me and I always felt that, hey, throughout school I just went along happily, casually, very, 
anything got too tough, I would just stop doing it. You know, if I yeah. didn't like it, I'll stop it. Yeah. So I didn't think I pursued any form of excellence. And as you grow in this corporate leader, as you grow in the corporate world, like people start looking to you for guidance, right? And yeah. I'm like, who am I to give them guidance if I have no control over myself? Like, who am I to talk about excellence if I am not excellent myself? You know, so like, who am I to tell 2000 people what to do if I can't listen to what I tell myself? Yeah. So it kind of went from that mentality. So mm. even the weight loss, I, I shed 30 kilos like twice for both my kids. Wow. And it, you know, and people notice that and they talk about it. But for me, it was more like, hey, if I can't control what I eat, if I can't control my temperament, if I can't control my time, my schedule, how I want to spend my life, who am I to tell other people Others. what to do? For me, I had to prove to myself that, hey, there's something about me that I'm in control of myself before I'm telling you what sure. to do. Sure. Otherwise, I sound like a hypocrite, sure. you know? Yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to be that. Right. And for me, it's a way to push myself because I, it's not like there's some other great natural talent. Like my sister's a phenomenal singer. It's just natural. You know, I'm not some great chef. It's not, I hate cooking. Like it doesn't come naturally. I'm not right. some, I don't ha like a great artist, you know? So for me, I've had to work hard to uh, get to some level of endurance. I'm never, I'm not fast. So I have to go distance only. Yeah. You know, if you're not fast. So you look at endurance. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what they yeah. say about triathletes, right? Yeah. Why suck at one sport when you can suck at so three? All the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not the fastest in the room. So I'd rather do distance. And, you know, when you do an Ironman, nobody's going to say, how, how long did it take you? They're just yeah. going to be like, oh, you completed. You did They're not going to ask you your yeah. time. Yes. So for me, endurance made sense. But yes, it is a lot on the body. It's a lot on time. Uh, but I've said I'm going to do only one event a year because I think it's a bit unfair. I have very young kids, yeah. three and seven. Yeah. They need my time. They need me. And, you're you know, if you're on a very strict schedule, you're... Irritable when things don't go as per schedule. Like yeah. if they take half an hour extra to come for a bath, course, yeah. I'm going to not be happy about it. Yeah. So I just want to do one event a year and train for that event and then take a break mm. because, you know, family needs time. Yeah. You might want to work overtime the rest yeah. of the year because yeah. it's some something's got to give somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. so that identity which you are seeking out, uh, again, going back to my previous note that uh, yeah. at the age of 40, uh, you're trying to seek an identity. It's essentially, uh, did it come naturally to you once you got curious about the sport and then you also realized that it's very consuming, it's very demanding yeah. and it's physically and mentally, uh, yeah. you know, very fatiguing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, did it come again naturally to you to say that, look, let's build some continuity and see how comfortable you become? Or there was a point when you say that this is not happening uh, because, <laughs> uh, and I ask this because uh, you seem to have, uh, figured out um, chronology when you said you started, uh, you know, Olympic distance and then when you to half and then now you're looking full, right? So there seem to be some mental framework in how you're kind of progressing. Uh, most of the people, like I mostly come from a marathon space and I see suddenly someone stands up and say, look, I want to do a marathon. And it come kind of very shocked to me because you haven't done a 5K, you've done not a 10K <laughs> and how can you think about a marathon yeah, today, right? Yeah. So, so what was in it for you uh, where you, was there these moments where you thought, no, it's not happening? So they always say, right, if you're really frustrated and tired, you take a break, you don't stop. 
So I've taken breaks. Like, so it didn't go according to plan. So I didn't do the full Ironman before I turned 40, but this year is my 40th year. I had to take a break because life happens. I had a couple of personal emergencies last year, so I couldn't train. I didn't train all of last year. Yeah. I just didn't train and I couldn't. I, and my family needed my time and I wanted to give it that, you know, so life happens. So it's okay. Uh, not the end of the world. Of course. Uh, you adjust and readjust your time. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, it's not my, it's, I'm not a professional athlete. Like every year is not like at some ticking time bomb, right? Yeah. I, I, I feel that I'm not under solid time pressure. Mm. So I'm okay if, hey, there are curveballs along the way. Sure. You know, if work needs my priority, work has my priority. Because right. that's my job. If my family needs my priority, my family gets my priority. Yeah. This is like, it's nice to do and nice to have. And it, it's a hobby, it's a passion. And of course, you need to put in the time. But hey, if something, life happens along the way, I'm not going to get too frustrated. It's yeah. a way for me to stay disciplined. It's a way for me to stay like make myself accountable but I'm not going to stress out so much that you know it uh, it stresses me instead of me enjoying the sport as to why I started it you know right 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 I'm doing this because I want to do something for myself but if it starts to stress me out beyond a point where it's not worth it yeah then you do have to question hey maybe I take it slower so I had this thing of full Ironman by 40 and many people have different uh yeah. ways to do it. So uh, uh, one of my previous coaches, he doesn't want to do a full Ironman. He's, he just wants to get faster at half Some Ironman. Distance, yeah. And see, some of these distances are not good on the body. Like I know that, yeah. dude, 15 hours of cardio is not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually yeah. in the long run, yeah. it's not good for you. I yeah. know that. Yeah. So it's not something I'm going to keep stressing myself about. So I said, okay, after I hit this full Ironman, I'm going to Go back. Okay. I'm going to do shorter, shorter distances, distances and try to go faster. Right. And right. then maybe two, three years or four years down the line, when I have more time on my hands and my kids are in higher grades in school, I'm going to try and do that full Ironman a little faster. Yeah. You know, so I'll go back. Like yeah. you, you know, success or progress is never linear. Yeah. So I'm okay. For me, it was, this is my plan. I'm just going yeah. to do one sprint, one Olympic, one half and then one full and then I'm going to go back to shorter distances and try to get faster because I actually think it's much harder to get faster than right. just do more distance right? right that's not the solution so this is very fascinating to me because uh, while you were <clears throat> talking you know uh, explaining me the frameworks right um, so you're thinking like an athlete hmm. uh, right although you, you are not a professional athlete yeah. uh, and that doesn't get put to on your table in terms, there are no sponsors for you who are yeah. making you do that. You have a corporate <laughs> job to it, right? Yeah. So you are thinking as an athlete, you're wired like an athlete, right? So that that characteristic of uh, being an athlete, being a sports person, does it anchor you today in your personal and professional life? Is that uh, some form of a driving influence in how you kind of condense your personal and professional life? Um, you know, like everybody has certain like role models. I grew up playing sport. Like I think I, I like being physically active. So I like that. Like some people have like Bollywood stars as their idols and all that. And I have sports people as my idols. You know, like if you ask me like, who do you really admire, say apart from your parents or whatever, it would be a sports person. Because hmm. I know what it, it takes. It takes something else. And I'm yeah. sure every profession requires mm. that in some form or the other. But yeah. yeah, I like sport. I like what it brings to the table. I like who it makes you. Uh, I like all the learnings that you get from it. And I'm not saying there are learnings in every career. Like in my career, there are a lot of learnings. Sure. I'm sure as an actor, there'll be a lot of learnings. Right. But I like what sport brings to the table. Yeah. Right. So, 
So why don't your husband, he's also a triathlete. Um, so between two of you, who geeks out more on the sport? <laughs> I think neither of us are geeks about it. Like I okay. don't watch it. I don't okay. read too much about it unless I'm like, oh my God, how do I use the loo? What do I do if I need to use the loo while I'm okay. doing a yeah. full uh, marathon or full Ironman? So like very practical issues. Yeah. Um, I like to read about sports people. So okay. I read a bit about like autobiographies and about stuff. athletes, yeah. But I'm not like, I don't think neither of us are very obsessive about it. Like okay. he does shorter distances, okay. but he's the faster, more natural athlete. So right. he can just wake up and, you know, probably do an Olympic. Yeah, distance. he was telling me yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so between two of you, who was the first to adopt to the sport? Me. Okay. Yeah. And I think he, he just got... He uh, got inspired by you. <laughs> I don't know if inspired is the word. He's yeah. like, <laughs> let's give it know, a shot. You can't beat him, then join him kind of a thing. Right, right. So, Perfect. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm definitely more hardcore. He, okay. He's he's the chiller. Chiller you know? guy who gets to the finish line much more at ease. Yeah. But also, yeah, I think, in, you know, he just likes to take things easy. And I like okay. to, if I'm, if I have a free day, I'm like, why do I have a free day? Like, what do I do with this time? So, <laughs> all right. Um, so let's break your typical routine. So yeah. specifically about your training. So you're training for Copenhagen Ironman, which is yeah. August. So uh, you would be starting with your peak training anytime, probably by another month or so. Yeah, I'm thinking I, I'm building up in April and May okay. and June. Okay. I'm thinking July is going to be peak, peak. mid peak. mid June to end of July is right. peak. Yeah. And then I taper off in August. Yeah. So you've typically gone through the cycles in your half and in yeah. your Olympic distance. So talk to me that when you start training and you have a race on your calendar, uh, you're basically programming a lot around your life, your work life, your personal life. So how does a typical day routine look like? Like morning, evening, and because you're squeezing in those yeah. hours of training yeah. as well as life. So frankly, it is right now very challenging because both, I feel like I, I, I was waking up at six o'clock one child goes to the bus at 7, the other goes to school by 8, and then I have to get ready by 9. So there's really not much time to get a one-hour workout in. Mm. So I had to wake up at 5 if I wanted to do that. So it was a bit of a challenge. So I was not very regular with the 5 a.m. wake up. Uh, because if you want to wake up at 5, you need to sleep by 9.30, 10. Yeah, and that's not happening. And it happens sometimes, but okay. rarely. Okay. And then I have young kids, so they keep waking you up. Oh, the blanket is not on me. Oh, they have a cough. They have a cold. They have fever. Like... It's, it's, you're low on sleep in general. So I try to do evening workouts for an hour. So work is typically like, ideally, I leave home by 9.30, 9.45. So mm. 10 to 6 is minimum at work. Um, and then you come back by 6, 6.30, try to work out in the evening for okay. an hour. Okay. And uh, 7.30, the kids are home. By 9.30, they're in, 9, 9.30, they're in bed. And I also try to get to bed with them. So my... Okay. Uh, I stop watching TV. Okay. I just don't watch Netflix because there's okay. no point. You can't. Is it a recent phenomenon because of your training? Yeah. Okay. If, if there wasn't any training, I'd okay. be up till midnight watching Something. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so training makes you get bad. Yeah. So you're getting those. So I those, stop yeah. watching Netflix. Okay. I just don't. Like, okay. I just okay. don't. So the sleep has uh, it's priority got any precedence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'd right. rather read a book, even if it's three, four pages, and just go to bed. Okay. I, I read a lot on, you know, the mind, hmm. uh, attitude. You know, a lot on human behavior, psychology. Mm. I like that kind of stuff. So I go to bed reading that stuff. So typically that getting that uh, uh, quantity and quality of sleep, mm. uh, which now has kind of ingrained into your system because of your physical training. Yeah. Uh, has that kind of um, uh, kind of brought any change in your overall uh, cognitive thinking or rather how you 
put yourself yeah, into? I, I definitely think so. Like the discipline that you get to, right? Like for me, eight hours is just a must. Like I feel good when I'm in bed by 9, 30, 10. Like for me to say this, like I was always a night owl. Never used to sleep before 12, 1. You know, so for me, it was like, hey, bringing in my, I felt like half the day is not over till one, you know, at 9 p.m. I'm like, hey, I have half the day left. Yeah. So I always used to study late. I used to work late. I used to do my emails. I used to watch. So now I've moved to a nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, by nine, I need to be ready to go to bed and maybe finally I sleep by 10. And waking up at 6, 6.30 is not a problem. So I like that. I think it's uh, it's so important. Like Varun and I used to have a lot of arguments before because before the triathlon, I just wanted to go out four nights a week and just have a good time. I ran a couple of bars. I started a couple of restaurants oh, and bars. It? And so nightlife... So that's work for you. That's I work, <laughs> you know, my I had to be there you like till one there. in the morning. And so... For me to make this change was huge. Like okay. that's a huge lifestyle change. And I remember when I was first talking to my running coach, I, I used to be like, why? I, like, I just, what about my friends? Like my whole friend circle sure. almost changed because I stopped partying. Yeah. And not completely stopped, but it changed. Yeah. Like the people I used to socialize with three, four times a week stopped. And mm. I and I d- changed it to a different set of friends mm. who were mm. more into fitness. Mm. Okay. Because that's... So I was about to ask you that. So that's a cultural shift, right? I mean, you're moving and that's out. That's what you need. It's really yeah. crazy, but accepting that took me some time. I'll be honest. All it right. took me a good year and a half to, to accept and be comfortable with. Hey, it's okay to not go out every, like four times a week. Go out once a week. It's all right. Right. You know. So, so is that acceptance because now you have those set of friends who are also having those same yeah. patterns, yeah. and the existing ones uh, probably still maybe not get why you're doing this over the weekend, doing a hundred k by rides and runs. So that's what. I feel like it's a balance like you know at the end of it I really think backwards right like at the end of my life like what am I going to remember sometimes it's those moments with with your friends and that's why I said yesterday I had good intentions of coming back early and doing in a workout in the morning but I landed up meeting some friends that I hadn't met in a while and I said you know what okay. it's okay yeah. it's all right make mm. it up some other way yeah um hopefully this won't come to bite you on race day but right. make it make it up in another way but you're wired that way that you know that even if that doesn't happen you're probably going to get that training maybe the next day yeah you still yeah. have I'll that in your mind somehow. calendar somehow yeah. i'll make up for it because right. i mean I, I I just think that I'm not very rigid as a person, which I think helps me. So and doesn't frustrate you to say that, okay, that was on your training calendar. You it missed does. It throughout the day, does it? It does, but now I've okay. it's gone. What are you yeah. going to do about it? Right. Like, So I, I like to recalibrate a lot. Mm. So I'm constantly recalibrating because, where, see, work is not very predictable. Nothing in life is predictable. Yeah, Tomorrow, anything sure. could happen. So I'm constantly recalibrating. Like I said, last year, I had big intentions of doing... This Copenhagen was actually for last year. I had okay. to defer it because Different. of, mm. like I said, personal exigencies. So you constantly recalibrate and it's okay. Right. So life is subject to change. You right. know, it never goes according to how you planned it and right, all that. Right, right. So it's okay. So talk to me some optics of your... Uh, because you're a triathlete, right? Yeah. So there's too much to get into your training calendar. There's... Yeah. Uh, running training, there's a swimming, there is cycling, then there's strength training. Yeah. And then there's probably some the stretching, flexibility, all of that jazz, right? So talk to me when you're into your training calendar, uh, how does that kind of pan out? Like how much of strength sessions are you doing? What kind of a running uh, routine you've got? 
So basically, I was getting bored also. The reason I got into triath- triathlon training is because, you know, if you run every day, it gets a little boring. Okay. So I liked running tr- twice or thrice a week, okay. but I needed some other cardio. Yeah. So then, you know, I love triathlon training because it's twice a week running, okay. twice a week swimming, twice yeah. a week cycling. Okay. So you get your six workouts in. Okay. Then you do like three three sessions of strength. So that's nine hours. Then you do like one hour of... Uh, this release, I need a myofascial yeah. release because otherwise mm. I'm super tight. So that's about 10 hours okay. a week. Right. So these 10 hours are again broken into when you're getting your morning sessions or evening sessions, right? Yeah. Not necessarily so, all so, the morning. Like I said, so some days at work I have to travel. I travel okay. a significant amount. So I have to go to whatever, Bombay, Chennai, Hyderabad, wherever. So those days if I'm doing day trips, I can't get a workout in. Okay. So sometimes I do two workouts. So basically I was talking about, about approximately 10 hours of training, mm. which... Is not too bad. Mm. Um, so if I can't do it on a certain day, I'll try to do two workouts on a Saturday right. or a Sunday. So Saturday right. and Sunday are usually my makeup days. Okay. And um, so I'll try to make up for that time. And are you cognizant weekend. now that you know that in the future you have a race coming in your calendar? Are you cognizant about or rather how much of control you have to uh, regulate your work mm. demand, right? Because travel is comes very default to you right yeah. so uh, so do you kind of move around those stuff because you have that on your calendar that you have a race coming up or you're yeah. still kind I, of I mean hustling. everything is blocked on the calendar and I pick a race where I know it'll be not peak peak times uh, but uh, I can't drop the ball on work okay that's Given, my job yeah, yeah. so I can't drop the ball there maybe if like I need to come in like a little later for a few weeks I can do that mm. But I can't drop the ball on work. Okay. And uh, those moments when you feel that work is work, right? I mean, you don't, you don't know what's coming your way, yeah. right? And then you have to sideline. Like yeah. I said, you're not a professional athlete, right? But you are also wired like an athlete now, right? That's your characteristic. Does that frustrate you say that you still didn't get your strength or doesn't still get yeah. your run? So I definitely don't have the perfect training schedule. Okay. There are many times when I have to miss my workouts. Okay. There are many times when I'm traveling. Like I have 20 weeks for this event i'm i've all i already know i'm traveling seven weekends okay so i don't know how i'm going to do my long run my long bike rides i'm more Mm. worried about the bike Mm. uh running you can do anywhere but like just getting a bike going on long rides when you have to do 100 140 kilometers i don't know how i'm going to do that Mm. so that's already a point of tension for me because Mm. out of 20 weeks seven i i already know i'm traveling so this is like What's already known. Now, I don't yeah. know what's, what unknown is going to come. And you get your quality sessions essentially on the weekends. Exactly. Yeah. So it is a big question mark, to be honest. I really don't know if I'm going to be prepared. And the thing is, I don't think you're ever fully prepared. Like there are, of course, some exceptions to the rule. And some people are very good about their training sessions. Mm. Um, I never have a perfect training schedule. It's always okay. I've always done less than what I'm supposed to do. Which means you're iterating a lot with your coach in terms of kind of Yeah, he's just calibrating. like, I'm just like, listen, this is... Life, and I'm sorry, I can't. I'm, yeah. I'm already telling you up front that I won't be able to do this, this, and this. Yeah. So we try to do the best. You do the best you can with what you have, is what mm. I would say. Like I said, I'm not trying to get podium. Mm. There's no chance of me, like, yeah. you know, winning some international group, event. Yeah. Um, so just forget about it. You never it. know. I mean, if you pick up a race, maybe where, when I'm 80 and I'm yeah, still doing that it, category. I might. Uh, but at 40, I'm not winning anything. So that's again the athlete mindset that you still are wired to say that you're competitive, but you are also fairly yeah. no, uh, at, reasonable. No, I know like the kind of com- competition out sure. there. So. Yeah. I'm just trying to see, hey, what's my baseline time? Can I improve? It's only self-improvement, right? Like if I could compete 
you know, to get a podium, yeah. my thought process would be a lot different. But yeah. And I told my mom, I said, why didn't you put me into swimming earlier? Why didn't you put me in? She's like, you know, we grew up like not in a very humble household. She's like, listen, we didn't have the, you know, we didn't have at that point in time the finances to put you into early, like uh, swimming at four, mm. uh, four years old and all that. And so we did it when we could. So calm yeah. down. Yeah. So I've realized just do what you can with what you have. Mm. And I have limited amount of time. Yeah. And I'm going to do what best I can in that limited amount of time. I can't, like, but work is my priority. My family mm. is my priority. This is also a priority for myself. But I need to understand where it plays in the overall, overall picture. Scheme. You yeah. Know? yeah. The world will move on, like, right. um, if I don't do one event and I do another. Mm. Yeah. I can't drop the ball on work. There's too much. It's a public listed company. Yeah. It's a large company. There's yeah. a lot of pressure. And I can't drop the ball there. Right, so right. something's got to give somewhere. And I understand that. I understand what relationship this has. It's important to me. Yeah. But, but uh, not for people who are looking up to you for no, other reasons. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, yeah, interesting because And it's... my kids too. Like, I mean, eventually, like, I don't want them to grow up thinking my mom was never around. Yeah, because she was getting you the know? long runs. and. Yeah, long because rides. she was busy exercising. I already yeah. get those questions. Why are you exercising? Why exercising? So yeah. I'm uh, like, why are you not exercising as much? Get off the TV. But, but how's the, but how's the um, fabric at home? Like, because, yeah, unlike, uh, uh, unlike moms, uh, and I say this, uh, being very mindful that there are not many women at this age groups who are triathletes, right, or into endurance sports. So there are women who would probably get their aerobics, they get some cardio, get their gym, yoga, right. But someone like you, and you have to get into those eight to 10 hours of training, uh, your kids are looking up to you and seeing you firsthand to see that there's too much of physical uh, work which is happening. So, uh, is there fabric at home for the kids that, okay, you know, it comes naturally to them also to kind of look at sports, fitness, or they're too young to kind of absorb that? I think right now they're a bit too young. The little one, definitely if I go to swim, then, you know, the kids are like, oh, I want to come with you. Mm. When I go to the gym, they're like, oh, I want to come with you. So hopefully it'll work. One is seven, one is three. So mm. the seven-year-old is already doing football and uh, mm. uh, swimming. Mm. And she started tennis and stopped. Mm. So I'm trying to make her avoid the same mistakes I did, which was stopping midway just because it got too hard. Okay. But, uh, you know, kids have to be kids also. So I'm not, go I'm not one of those, I'm not going to put so much pressure that mm. she stops enjoying it. So I, definitely physical activity is super important for me. And I've tried to emphasize it on them. They see me do it, so they get it. Okay. Like I want to take them running in Cabin Park. Like okay. I want to take them swimming when I go swimming. I okay. When I go to the gym, they come. Okay. And they'll sit and watch and, okay. you know, do see me do my strength training. They'll try to imitate me. All that right. happens. So, so hopefully so hopefully it rubs off. Yeah. So the kids are getting a natural download looking yeah. at you, looking at Warren to yeah. see, yeah. you know, you Definitely. guys are doing that. It's important to us. Yeah. I think exercise, we both love to exercise. So that's right. that. Great. But, but uh, yeah, I think so sometimes, you know, I do question, hey, do the people doing the 45 minutes of workout a day, have they got it more right than me? Right, right. <laughs> because it's less impact on your body. And sometimes, yeah. see, you're going out in the sun. And then uh, my, I, my nutritionist told me I have some pitta dosha. Okay. So that means I shouldn't be out in the sun. Okay. Because I already have a lot of fire inside of me and okay. more, more sun on me yeah. is not good for but me. But you ought to do a... But you ought to do a heat training if you ever want to go to Kona, right? Uh -huh, so. exactly. I'm not going to go to Kona. <laughs> I pick right. cold places for my runs now right, that I know right. what I am. Right. So, so I know that, hey, excessive sunlight, not good for 
a person in general. So yeah. the funny part is sometimes maybe the couch potato sitting at home doing 45 minutes of elliptical training is probably in a better space like 40 years down the line than yeah, I am, you yeah, know, and I'm yeah. conscious of that. Yeah. But I still want to do this for myself. For me, it's just how can I push myself? <clears throat> how do I get mentally strong? Because for the reasons I said, yeah, like, yeah. like I want to be in control of myself and my mind before I feel I'm ready to to lead an organization. Yeah. yeah. So you did your debut marathon uh, this uh, yes, February, February, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to know how it went. Um, yeah. Also kind of add to it, like you were telling me, um, you got into a training uh, phase, also not in an ideal uh, time of your life, you had personal exigencies. So getting out of it and training for the full marathon for sure won't have been easy, no. right? So how was that uh, training phase? And by the way, how much did you finish your debut marathon? <laughs> um, so couple of things. I think the first, my full marathon was done just to, as training for the full Ironman. Okay. Uh, I don't, again, 42 kilometers on the knees. I don't know if it's something I would want to constantly do, mm. just keeping my knees in mind. Um, I did, took about four hours, 45 minutes. Um, it was great. I had a yeah. blast. So the yeah. max I had trained was about 25 kilometers, 27 kilometers before that. Mm. I hadn't had much time to train. I had about... December, two and a half months to train. Okay. Okay. So I didn't do much, honestly. I only did running. I every Sunday, like I started. So I had about eight to ten weeks. So okay. I did. So that was a very running specific training block. Yeah. Okay. Because I honestly, at that time, I didn't have the time to do anything else. I was okay. just like, let me just get this marathon out of the way. So every Sunday, I just did 10, 12, 15, 18, 21. Okay. 24, uh, 27. And 130. So it's only the Sunday long runs you're doing? I did one week. Uh, okay. In between, Mid I did two shorter runs, like okay. 5K, 7K. Okay. Okay. And that's it. Okay. So it wasn't great. It wasn't ideal. Uh, and the last few runs of th 27, 30K, I was walking the last five kilometers. Okay. I, I would do it in Bangalore and Coven Park. So it was hot and I didn't really, I felt, didn't yeah. feel great about it. I was right. walking. But when I went to Delhi, and, and I was uh, uh, very slow, like I said, I was walking the last four or five kilometers, mm. I would get like shoe bites, my shoes kept changing my shoes. Yeah. Which was the longest, how much was the longest you did for the training phase? That's about, I did 30, 30 but the longest. last three, four, I walked. Okay. So of basically 26 okay. or 27 is what okay. I did. Okay. And then you showed up uh, on the start line to do a 42 kilometers. Yeah. So yeah. on the day, the, the week leading to the event was a friend's, very close friend's uh, on 50th. Land up staying till six in the morning. Okay. Twisted my ankle that morning at six oh, in the morning. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I couldn't run because my ankle was twisted. So I had to give it rest. Thursday, for some reason, I started getting a back spasm and neck started catching. And you know, like when you can't move your neck at all. Okay. So that happened on Thursday, Friday. And Saturday, it was even worse. And I had to go to Delhi on Saturday because the race was on Sunday. Sunday. I, and you know, when the flight landed, my it jerked a bit and the whole neck like compressed and I was in great amounts of pain and I was like what am I doing here like <laughs> I don't know if I can run five kilometers let alone 42 but anyway I took a lot of painkillers muscle relaxants and okay, just before the, said a small right, prayr right oh wow and it helped <laughs> and debut 445 is absolutely yeah. an, uh, you and know. I went to bed at nine o'clock okay we had to wake up at 2 30 in the morning because the race started sure. at uh, 4 15 oh, yeah yeah so then uh, 2 30 I wake up have a shower took another painkiller and uh, stretched and uh, I said, we'll take a cab or whatever and head to the 
event. They had said report by 3 o'clock. I said, mm. who's going to report at 3 o'clock for a 4.15? I'll report at 3.45. Okay. <laughs> so I reached there. All the roads are blocked. Yeah. Oh, this must be the first time you're doing a first Delhi marathon. Delhi. So yeah. I didn't realize all the roads are blocked. Yeah. I, then I had to run two kilometers to find the start line. And I reached the start line at 4.13 and the, and the flag off was at 4.15. Okay. So it, I literally had time to like tie my shoelaces again. So you, so you must have got a different so I did 44.4 actually. So you must have got a different chip time and gun time technically because you were just just around the start time, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. a minute or two later, okay. right? Okay, I mean okay, okay. it's whenever your chip time. Yeah, so maybe yeah. I started two minutes later. I was like, let me yeah. catch my breath for a minute. So getting into the race, did you uh, did you had a kind of a goal uh, based on those six odd weeks of training? Yeah, that? I said just finish it. Okay, that's first about I it. said. First I said okay sub five, but then okay. with this whole back pain and neck spasm and all that, I said. Just goddamn finish it. Okay. So I asked them, what's the cutoff? I think they said six and a half hours. That's not bad. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, yeah. hopefully I make it. Uh, but so my goal, even leading up to the event, was sub five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I started, I, I felt good. Yeah. Um, I... I just ran. I yeah. made sure I and day before the event, I did everything one shouldn't do. Yeah. I bought new socks. Wow. <laughs> I had a water pack. Water belt. <laughs> so I said, no, I don't like this water pack. I'm not going to take it. I'll buy one new one. So yeah. I bought a new water pack, yeah. which are things you never what, do. What, what, and the guy selling it to me said, listen, you really shouldn't be trying new stuff on the day of. So what was your running coach giving the checklist? Because these were exactly the my things running you coach should have uh, was not there. He, yeah. he was in the US. He wasn't even there to guide uh, me at okay. that point in time. So okay. I just said, okay, whatever. Hail Mary. Great. <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting because um, uh, like when we were chatting, I didn't, so I was in the same race as well, but mm. I did a half marathon. Uh, and uh, uh, and then later on, I realized, uh, and I was looking at uh, social media somewhere, and I saw Umar. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, was my strength coach. Yeah. He's a strength coach. Yeah, he's a nice guy. And um, so I saw that he was uh, yeah. there as well. And then I realized, oh, okay. He just right. came to keep me company. Wow, great. And he ran the entire 21 kilometers? Yeah. Or 42? Almost, almost. Oh, I think nice. he, yeah, almost. Nice, nice. So, yeah. no, yeah, that's, uh, so that's what I realized. I think that, that helped. I think for yeah. me, I, uh, I, people really get me going. Like, mm. the, that's what I said. I love yeah. running with people. I love cycling with people. I think the company really helps But were you long runs you were also doing solo? No, that I did solo. solo. Who's going to accompany me in the middle of the afternoon in Kabul yeah. Park? They made me go fly a kite. All right. So, wasn't, so that for sure not would have been easy, right? Getting out uh, middle of the day doing those 25, 30 odd kilometers. Yeah, I wasn't. But I was like, hey, I have to do something if okay. I have to get okay. to this event. Okay. Like if I need to yeah. finish it, I need to do something. Right. I didn't wake up early. I didn't okay. do a 5am. I said, okay. let me get up at 8. Let me sleep in, spend time with the kids. And then I went at my own pace when uh, 9 o'clock I would go. So it was my fault that I went late. Right, 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 right. But I paid the price for it. But actually it helped me because in Delhi what happened... It was, we started at 4 in the morning, yeah. it was cool, yeah. it was dark, it yeah. was flat. Flat coast Delhi Carbon Park to be, is a yeah. little up and down, yeah. so it, it all worked out. Then there's Bangra playing, yeah, so that yeah. mentally just uplifts you, the crowd okay. uplifts you, yeah. everything uplifts you. Yeah, right. So for me, actually the 42 was was shockingly good. Okay. Like I know my, I mean of course, 4.45 is not such a great time also, yeah. but it included 20 stops. I stopped at every... Hydration point. Hydration yeah. point. Took okay. one sip because I wasn't carrying, carrying the, the water yeah. that I wanted to, and uh, I took two bathroom breaks. Okay. So it wasn't bad. I was quite pleased. Yeah, I mean, four, four, <laughs> four forty-five for someone for stopping twenty times yeah, and yeah. Uh, having two bathroom breaks is not bad. Yeah, yeah, and for someone who hasn't trained along for marathon yeah, training, yeah, and right? it was so, great. Yeah. And actually, what I did was, which is my little secret, I did a lot of visualization. Okay. 
like I just visualized myself crossing that finish line, having fun at it. Um, and it worked. How did that toolkit come to you, right? Was, is, is it, did some, I did a that? hypnotherapy course once. Okay. Okay. Like a three-day course. Okay. okay. And I've used those tools and right. it really helps. Right. Help. Like, you know, there are these uh, stories of people who have had like accidents and then they're sitting in the hospital bed right. and visualizing like yeah, yeah. them playing golf, themselves yeah. playing golf and then they yeah. go back and yeah. they, they're playing amazingly yeah. well. No, this is actually a very, yeah. uh, uh, very useful tool. I remember, um, uh, so there's this coach called Phil Jackson who is uh, the Chicago Bulls yeah. coach who's got the team to win the most NBA titles. So he has this thing, uh, you know, saying that he would make these players go through this visualization exercises. Yeah. Like you visualize yourself that you're on the court. Yeah. Visualize yourself that you're taking those six pointers and hoops, yeah. right? Yeah. And that helped these players to yeah. come back and uh, so I mean I think it's, it's a, a real tool thing. I've always used yeah. I use it for everything right everything right. like work if I want a deal to close I'll use it for that if I want like and it really helps it works excellent like a, yeah. like a charm right so since you're not a so running is not a primary sport for you right triathlon is right so uh, I like running the most so does it make sense to ask your 5k 10k half marathon PBs or uh, all of that came in your full marathon uh, no Okay. Uh, my fastest was a t my fastest 10k was probably 54 minutes. Okay. And how long 45 was, seconds. How long back was that? This was this uh, mm, this pinkathon. Okay. Like okay. maybe four five years back. Okay. okay. And I think it I came in the top I think number 11 or something amongst okay. the women, which wow. I was like, hey, one percent top one percent is good. not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. But after that, and I was much like this was uh, after the first child. After okay. the second child, I've not gotten to that speed Running. Mm. yet. Right, right, right. Like I haven't reached those speed levels and that that level of fitness right. yet. Tell me, what's your relationship with food? Is it a means to because you're now? I mean, I have to say, keep repeating myself. Yeah. You, you are athlete. Yeah. You you were wired like that. Is it a means to recover, perform, or you know just let's get anything in the system? I love food, I love junk food, I love all the kinds of food, but even actually, now? even now. Okay. <laughs> so it's been a struggle. For me, I would say more than the discipline of actually getting my workout in, it's my discipline with food. Because honestly, for me, it's been like a stress. I, I, I Sometimes I stress eat. So like if, if I've just had a really stressful day at work, or if I've just closed a big thing that I was supposed to do, I just finished a large event, then... Um, I need food from that perspective. But again, that's something I've been trying to get a hold of because okay. I don't want to. It's like, do you control food or does food control you? Okay. You know, and I definitely don't want the latter. Right. So there are like this coffee that I just had is probably not something I should have had. I, yeah. Um, second half of the day. Is it because second you, half of the day and also yeah. it had like milk and sugar or whatever. Right. But again, it's like, hey, what are you trying to achieve? Mm. Like, and is this going to help me more than harm me or harm me more than help me? Like, right. you know, so right. I keep asking like, do you control food or does food control you? And that really puts things into perspective for me. Mm. I really enjoy eating healthy, but doesn't mean I don't enjoy the occasional um, yeah, cheat meals. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'm not that strict with food, honestly. Okay. But okay. I do. I am trying. I'm trying yeah. to be better about it. So I, when you, I don't strive for perfection in in okay. general. Okay. I think in life and generally, I'm not a perfectionist. I, I believe in doing things like ninety percent right. Right. And then that last ten percent, like I feel like the return on time, the return on life, the return on effort is so great to get yeah. that perfection. Right that it's not worth it for me. Does that I'm getting, okay being... Does that getting 10% do you think would get you to the podium? No. 
No, not it's yet. Too, I've started too late in life. Yeah, I've okay. started at 35 plus. Right, right. I mean, I started... Not at age My real level. swimming, my real biking started at 35 plus. Okay. Maybe if I if I gave up my work, if I gave up my job and I did 8 Train, hours of eight, training, eight, maybe day, I could, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not, yeah. But... Uh, is that is that an, uh, kind of a hidden aspiration? No, no. no, no. no. That doesn't fascinate you. Yeah. I've really... I love what I do at work. Um, it's taken me 14... I mean, I've been working now almost like 18 years, so... I love what I do at work. I have a sense of purpose there. Um, so I definitely, I think being a professional athlete is tough. Plus, yeah. And it's so highly competitive um, that, like I said, to be that in the top point zero zero one percent is so highly competitive that yeah, sure. it's um, not my aspiration. I would love sure. to be better than what I am today. But, uh, and I, of course, who wouldn't love to win podiums and like smaller, at smaller events and all that? I would love to do it. Mm. But um, I'll just try, try to keep getting better, faster, fitter. Yeah. That's my goal. Uh, intrinsic goals. Yeah, I mean, if I grew up as an athlete, I think I would have different aspirations. Mm. But I didn't grow up as an athlete. I grew up doing yeah. sport as a pastime. Yeah. So it's diff different. Right. Uh, so we spoke a lot about physical fitness. Um, Tell me, uh, what are your toolkits on mental fitness? We spoke about stress, uh, which is known, and uh, and the times where we live. I found that uh, this hustle culture yeah. is kind of overrated, yeah. uh, right? Uh, and uh, it's celebrated, uh, for, I don't know for what, why. Uh, so what are the toolkits, what you have got uh, to kind of combat uh, and help you kind of build your strength on the mental fitness side? Yeah, so honestly, I'm sort of guilty of this hustle culture. Mm. Like I, uh, even if I have like two hours free, I'll, if suddenly some some two hours free comes up, I'm, I'm like, why, why do I have, what am I not doing? Like, yeah. you know, like I'm like, why do I have this time available at my hands? Like I should be doing something else. So I am guilty of it, frankly. And uh, I don't think it's the best thing to do. Like, my ability to de-stress is very limited. I, I actually need to get more toolkits on how to do it. So the only time I spend sort of de-stressing is in the car on the way to office. So I have like a chant, like I listen to like chants mm -hmm. and I just try to breathe into it. Okay. And because it sets the day right. So it's a six minute chant, like my attention span is also quite okay. uh, limited. Like if right. you ask me to meditate for half an hour, 45 minutes, I won't. You won't. Okay. So I can do six minutes. Okay. So this chant is like six minutes. Okay. So I listen to it on the way. And I think, you know, for me, a sense of meditation is like, hey, when I'm swimming, if I'm just focusing on the breathing, on my technique, it mm. is meditative. Sure. If I'm running and I'm just focusing on my breathing and my technique, it is meditative. You know, so I guess I have my own forms of meditation. But uh, mind, I think I use, I do need to set my intentions for the day. So mm. I try to set, hey, what do I want from this day? Mm. What are my six most important things I need to get out of today? Mm. So if you set the intention for the day, I think you generally land up uh, prioritizing and achieving it. The chants, like I listen to some mm. form of, you know, Sanskrit type chants. Right. Uh, and then I do... Like the visualization that I told okay. you about. Right. I have And this that. is both for your sport and for your professional yeah. life. Personal, right. personal, professional, right. every Everything. life. Right. Yeah. Excellent. It really helps. Like I, every time I've put an energy behind really wanting something, I've mm. gotten it. Uh, has this, has this uh, working on the mental uh, strength part, you feel kind of 
linked to the physical uh, performance side? Has that been an anchor? Yeah. I think mental is... Is all the thing. <laughs> is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, no. of course, you need the you need to put in the work on the physical side. You can't magically just show up. But yeah. I think it just if you, it puts you if you have the right attitude towards it, it puts you in the right frame of mind. Because you could be doing everything right, but if you have the wrong attitude, the wrong um, feeling about it, yeah. you're not going to enjoy it. I'll tell sure. you one more thing. Like I did my first Olympic distance, and I put so much pressure on myself. I gave myself this really like stiff timing mm. and I finished the event and I was so upset with my timings but it was also my first my first real swim like in open water it was my first I did so many things that I could have just patted myself on the back and let sure. it go yeah. okay the timing was not what I wanted to be yeah. but I was so upset and I we had planned this was in Croatia okay it was a uh, Olympic distance yeah. and so can we, you so I want sorry oh, so I want are you, you to ask me my timing no now? no I'm not going to ask you there but I, I mean just for the interest of others who who are not into this but I want you to break down Olympic distance how much is the run swim and cycling distance Olympic distance is uh 1.5 k swim yeah 40k bike and uh, 10k run. 10k run, right? So, and you do back to back. back uh, to you back. start with swim, swim cycle, bike. and run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah please. Swim uh, always first so that you're not yeah. tired and like drowning in some water. Right. Right. Um, so, I, and I, you know, I was, and for some reason, it's, I started off well. And then the waves started hitting, you know, it started like becoming a little. But you knew turbulent. of the weather? I knew it was cold, but okay. I, we are in Bangalore, yeah? we're yeah. in the swim in yeah, open, open water, water and in cold weather. That too in ocean and all yeah. that. So I had limited exposure. And I suddenly like and then I started panicking. And I panicked so much, did was not moving. I was kicking, 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 not moving. And suddenly I turn around and I see there's nobody behind me. And the <laughs> last one there. Oh, I thought you were leading and no one was behind you. Oh, wow. I was the last one out of the water. Okay. And this is and age group? And halfway through I realized, I don't know age group, I was okay. the last, last, one. La last okay. one out of the water. Okay. One of the last to enter. I'm not saying I entered first and came yeah. last, but I was one of the last to enter. Sure. But everybody had overtaken me. Okay. And I was like, should I call the boat? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, forget this. I can't do it. Like, I'm so, like, I was panicking. And I was swimming and not moving. Then finally, like my daughter was actually there too. And I was like, listen, I can't disappoint her. Let me just get out just for her. Let me just get out of this just for her. And I pushed through. I got out. I made it in the cutoff. I, I managed to do it. But I was so disappointed with my timing and my performance. that I, We had a holiday planned after it. And I was, I was upset the, the whole ho holiday. As opposed to then I changed my framework. And I said, no expectations. So now I just say, I just want to complete. I really don't put any expectations because you'll say, oh, let me do it in six hours. Let me do it in seven hours. And you don't do it. And then you're just going to feel so shitty and disappointed and mm. forget about all the hard work that you put in. Mm. So right now I have no expectations. I mm. try. I mean, of course, internally. I so have is that a mental model that not going into expectation as you train? Because like now suppose I had told myself after this Delhi marathon, if I had said four and a half hours, you have to finish it. And I did in four hours, 45 minutes. I would have been upset. Hmm. But I just said, I had told myself five hours. Anyway, I did it in four hours, 45. So hmm. I'm very happy. Hmm. But towards the end, I was just like, just complete it, man. Like all things considered, just complete it. I know there are a lot of people who, who are athletes always strive for excellence yeah. and all that. But I think for me, I, I want a happy balance, you know, in life. So how are you calibrating? And I ask this because um, I train and yeah. I also train with the same uh, uh, psychology that… Which one? Uh, Excellence, is it? 
kind of i have to accept uh, i can't say i am guilty of it but i am now wired in terms of performance yeah. i mean i started of course to stay fit but right now it's more about how to keep getting better and yeah. faster yeah. Uh, so for me it's uh, you know when i and i'm self coach so when i kind of create my training plan um, i have to always have these markers to understand am i getting better yeah. or how do i set reasonable expectation no this is what it is and doesn't make sense to to push through mm. so having that number like a a goal b goal kind of some, some helps because it also allows you to understand what's your threshold it also yeah. allows you to kind of unlock what you may not know unless you kind of push a yeah. little bit right i mean you could and it's all context you know yeah. i did that uh, sprint triathlon 9 months after my daughter was born 9 months it 9 or 10 okay. months after my daughter was born wow okay so it's context you know i did my half ironman 2 years after she was so the next year so it's context you know i was like listen your body has been through a lot yeah just give yourself a break and be happy that you finished what you set out to do right as opposed to saying oh i did i took half an hour longer than i wanted to like which attitude do you, would you rather have like honestly it's like what serves you better mm. if pushing yourself and saying oh i should have done this half an hour faster serves you better mm. go ahead and have that attitude mm. but i was so depressed after that uh, olympic distance i was like forget it man i'm not doing this to myself it's really wrong for myself mm. and so now i'm so happy after mm. and probably people who finished the full marathon in 4 hours instead of 3 hours 50 minutes are super yeah. disappointed and right. like okay you be disappointed <laughs> i'm going to be happy with happy. what i did but well, you anyway got your It's 15 minutes whatever serves yeah. you better yeah, what serves you better like right. what's going to help you live right. a better life you right. know right right so right. happiness as they say is a choice right so i'm going to be happy with my time Yeah, superb. Uh, <laughs> uh, so between you and Varun, do you guys uh, pick up a race and kind of go for that together, or it's solo racing, separate race calendars you've got? So we try. Honestly, when we do together, it really doesn't work out mm. because somebody's got to look after the kids. Kids, because he was t- just telling me he's aiming for the half Ironman in Goa. In Goa, uh, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, do it because I would have finished mine. Yeah. I will put extra effort with the kids. Just help me a little extra before right my now, event, uh, yeah. and I'll help you extra after for your yeah. event. Yeah. It's a give and take. I don't think it's it's wise for us to be doing the same calendar because who's yeah. going to look after the kids? and it really helps to like somebody is got to be there on sunday when they yeah, wake up if yeah. i'm busy cycling yeah. at least i know he's there with the kids yeah, yeah. so i think it helps to have different calendars and different yeah. goals yeah uh, does that help in th- in terms of having again that fabric in the family that uh, your partner is also in the same uh, i mean he's also wired let's not say like he's a you know as an athlete but he's also wired in terms of fitness and it comes naturally and i'm saying not to generalize but you might have friends and family members where this might not be the fabric right so does this help so i yeah it definitely helps compared to like my immediate family who just don't get it who's like okay. why are you doing this to yourself yeah so he gets it Uh, yeah. so it it helps yeah helps in back into you in terms of your yeah. training yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah helps in terms of the support and yeah. the understanding of what it requires and the right. understanding that you're going to be tired after xyz and so right. you may be a little more irritable right. or you may be whatever right. so that definitely helps yeah yeah and i think like i'm actually he is a very naturally good eater doesn't touch processed foods wow yeah whereas i'm always there's too much of resistance <laughs> he's got yeah but that's good he's an yeah. organic farmer also so he's wow. all yeah. about eating good food like yeah, not natural stuff reheating yeah. recooking wow. doing all these things so everything right. has to be fresh right because i'm like hey just eat the leftovers yeah it's okay <laughs> you know yeah. so um it helps though and 
Yeah. So let's let's shift gears. Uh, professional life. Um, yeah, you you lead a large. How many employees? About two thousand. Two thousand employees. Two thousand direct employees. But if you add like contractors, subcontractors, and stuff like right. yeah. maybe close right. to twenty thousand. Yeah. So like I said, I said in the beginning, uh, you know, you're an outlier because not a typical uh, industry and a career path where women uh, leaders are there. Um, and not a typical, I would say, a blue-collar job because you are out in the construction sites and all of that, right? I'm sure by now your colleagues uh, know that other side of yours, right? So, yeah. is there a culture in the company where people are taking up, uh, looking because that's been your, uh, you know, system of thinking that yeah. look, if you do it, people are. So, is there a culture inside the brigade group that uh, look uh, the leader is into extreme endurance <laughs> sport, so we should at least get our ten thousand yeah. steps yeah. or whatever? So, I think I think it's definitely there. I think naturally people are more health conscious now. So with or without me, I'm sure people have, would have been health conscious. But uh, I think it's definitely appreciated. You know, it's you don't sometimes want a leader who just eats, works, like eat, like their whole life cannot be just eat, work and sleep. You know, it helps to have a passion outside of work. It gives you some color and to your personality. Yeah. It makes you more two or three dimensional and not one dimensional. It's not just work. And I, I think I also don't want a one dimensional personality. Like when we hire people, mm. you will obviously want to hire somebody who has other passions in life. Yeah. If they're like, we always ask, so what are your other hobbies? What do you read? What do you do for fun? If they only say, I only work. I only like, okay, I come back, watch TV and I work. Mm. Would you rather hire that person or somebody who, who says, hey, I, I'm into sport. Hey, I like learning a new language. Hey, I go dancing. Hey, I know this skill. Obviously, you'd want a p person with a little more color and flavor to them. Mm. So I think from that perspective, it really helps. It helps that I have these other passions. It's, of course, people will say, oh, you're because you're doing this, I want to do at least 10K. I'm pushing myself to do a first half marathon. I think TCS, we've all registered. Oh, nice. Coming in us. May. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think 20, 30 of us have yeah. registered. Wow. So it'll be fun. Um, uh, so I think it all helps. But of course, you know, then of course, as a promoter, it's like, I remember once somebody asked me in a full boardroom, there were 20 people sitting there, all men. And they're like, Nirpa, how do you have time to run your company if you're always running in the park? Okay. And I'm like, I, before, I, so I said, I run before you wake up, so don't worry about it. Right. I mean, like, you know, this gentleman was like overweight and, and nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But don't question me on my choices and I'm not questioning you on your choices. Right. You know, right. like asking me how I have time. I, I, I'll, I'll make time. You know, yeah. you make time for the yeah. things that are important to you. Yeah. Like work is very important to me. Right. I make time. Like I'm okay working on the weekends. I work on the weekends when I have to. Nobody's asking me, uh, why are you working on the weekends? Sure. So if I need to like give a little on a weekday for something, and maybe I need to leave an hour early, don't question me why I'm leaving right. early. Like right. do your work, get your results. Right. That matters. And uh, yeah, that matters. And yeah. you know, put in, do what you need to do. Yeah. Like I said, for me, work is priority. Yeah. This I get is a hobby, but it's also important. Yeah. You can't. So, do you think, that, uh, and I'm again not trying to generalize here, but uh, that piece where mostly in the corporate career and something which I am, uh, I mean, I'm yearning to kind of explore is that that identity is not there a lot in our uh, culture specifically. And I've seen that a little more in the Western culture where. Uh, corporate culture uh, in the corporate circle, uh, this uh, the athletic side or the sporting side is celebrated, right? Not at least in the boardroom, but probably I'm not sure that the management level people might have. So, 
do you think that's that's something like culturally you know we missed and uh, what's your take on yeah, that i mean when do we ever push yeah uh you know other sport mm. you know like i think people when obviously as an employer you just you want your uh, you want to get the maximum out of your team and everything but i think sport is required and i think it's changing i think now you have a lot of ceos who are running who yeah. are into running and then you have like your t- in what you see in your mumbai marathon there yeah, are a lot yeah. of leaders a lot who of run leaders come. Yeah. um of course then there'll be the cynics who say oh see this person had a heart, heart attack, attack. Yeah, yeah yeah why do you want to run but see more that people person got on... an accident because yeah. they were cycling on hebal yeah yeah you know i get it but you can So anything can happen while you're sitting in the yeah, co- in your right, couch right. in your living room too right, you want to live right. your whole life sitting right. on a couch right, right. uh you know so you got to go out there and do stuff and right. you of course it's all scary yeah like i don't think cycling in bangalore roads is yeah. uh it it i definitely again i say a little prayer i'm like <laughs> yeah. god please take me back to my yeah. children you know because yeah, it, is. it is scary i'm not saying no and it's not do you had to make those choices between your indoor rides and your outdoor rides i prefer indoor because it's less Much hazardous less, yeah. but that's why i like to go on sundays when there's less traffic traffic yeah um it is and that's why you try to go as a group, group. but yeah. anything can happen to you at any time so yeah, what yeah. i mean you can't live in yeah. fear do you have uh, people inside your company whom with you exchange notes around uh, triathlon no none there's i don't know too many people honestly doing triathlons okay um inside the brigade group no none okay i right. mean i think some are into uh different sorts of fitness okay. like some are into their yoga some are into running okay. some are into walking some okay. are into different things not too many doing uh triathlons right. there was one person who i hired as a triathlete hmm. but then she soon left so. okay okay um tell me if you had to pick someone to go on for a race and you're calling out a name could be uh uh in your industry real estate or generally in the corporate world who would you want to call out and say who hey you call uh, out call out a name to say that i would want to ask someone to come and compete with me uh, must be for fun but uh, let's say uh, compete either it could be a 10k or it could be a cycling or let's say a triathlon uh, do you have a name like somebody who's already in the sport no generally i mean you they might be into sport or you just want to kind of call them out to say they hey, uh, you know let's do a competition together or again someone who's already into sport I don't know that's a tough one. I need to no think one? about somebody I'd want to hang with. Yeah. You know. Um or in your uh, training circle, uh, have someone in your mind you say that you know I should go and compete with someone. <laughs> Haven't thought of anybody uh the the sport the athlete in you doesn't have that competitive names around you to tell it that's the no, person. No, because I'm first down. of all I'm trying to think of somebody who's already into the sport. Okay. Second I'm trying to think of somebody who would be interesting to hang out with. Yeah. I mean I'm just trying to think hey if I could get this person to like I could spend for me I'm thinking hey can I spend one hour with this person chatting? Like yeah. I love like I love catching up with people over a run. Right. You know, if I could think of uh, somebody like that just trying to think of a name I would want to hang with. um i'll get back to you on yeah says a lot that there aren't many people who are doing the sport uh, i'm just thinking of yeah. like who would i want to hang, hang around you know yeah, yeah. okay like right. i i think like if you sharing a run with somebody is very personal yeah it's very uh, what do you call it it's like welcoming them into your home sure. you know right right because it's like hey that 
your time should be comfortable yeah yeah like i love spending time running with people who i enjoy having a conversation with so yeah. i sometimes go with my old running coach okay. just to catch up with him and we talk about everything from philosophy to you know to uh, business people getting into yeah. the sport to everything yeah. you know and it's just a wonderful right one hour conversation and i love doing that but i'm trying to think which uh, business personality i would like to no, that's okay you call, can always yeah. get back to yeah. that uh, whom do you find the fit in your realm anyone uh, fit uh, in your circle in your network uh, the fittest in terms of uh, and the definition of fitness could be anything but someone you look up to and say that that person is really fit you asking me again a tough one no i thought this one should come naturally because, no, because you see people uh, no see everybody is like got their own yeah uh there's nobody i'm looking up to right now to be like oh i want to be like you i think i've not grown up like that okay i just look to myself okay. sorry it's no, a little yeah, no, arrogant but no, it is not. i actually only look to myself okay. i actually i'm not looking to anybody so i want to be like you i want to like emulate this part maybe there's something i want to emulate in somebody else somebody's attitude or somebody's discipline but yeah. there's no like one person who says like i'm not trying to emulate that person yeah you know okay because like i know there's there's a girl who who's super disciplined about everything but she doesn't work so she has the time to dedicate and the energy there's another guy who's got great attitude mm. i'd love to emulate his attitude when mm. it comes to uh taking on a challenge but i'm saying like i'm not able to think hey this one person i want to be like be like apart from myself perfect yeah i mean that i mean everyone has that internal yeah i i just don't like to do that sure yeah, yeah. cool um this one thing you had you like to change about yourself which you would know would make you a better person what would that be uh could be habits i like to have be... honestly more patience okay patience with myself patience with time patience with the process patience with my kids patience in life i think that uh i'm learning i'm getting better but it's something i wish i had more of like you know when you trust the process like everything doesn't have have to happen like mm. now mm. so i think patience with things mm. and people mm. um so uh repeating again you know you're an outlier right so a lot of uh, Uh, it doesn't come naturally to people uh, especially women uh, to kind of think through this realm of staying healthy staying fit because most thing you know that's not a priority because you have to take care of child home and then work all of that right so i'm not asking you to give tips right but rather what are the one or two things you uh, you could say that that has you have applied practically because that that seem to be uh, a pursuit what you're now comfortably living you have applied and you felt uh, that something what you would like to open source and share like what are the one or two things women yeah. in specific could um, apply in term basis on what you have put yourself through yeah so i think one thing i do want to share is that like when what i see both in the corporate world and sometimes in the sport world is like once you have kids everything comes to a standstill right like women quit their jobs post kids women uh, maybe give up on time for themselves post kids and for me actually the opposite happened and for me i when i went i took maternity leave for 6 months for both my kids and i had the biggest breakthroughs in work because of that time because i delegated all my work and so i had time to step back reflect and i think like like you were saying this hustle is so overrated and i've slowly started to give myself time to just calm down and not do anything like actually take time to just 
clear your desk, you know, clear your papers because that brings in a lot of like clarity and calmness. And um, so same thing, when I went on maternity leave, I had one of my biggest breakthroughs at work where I set up my own initiative in the technology, uh, real estate technology side of things. And nobody in Asia had done it. Mm -hmm. Only two, three people in the globe had done it. And yeah. nobody in India had done this it. This is accelerator. So, my accelerator. Yeah. so I, that idea came to me. The work I did came during the maternity leave. And so once I came back post the maternity leave, I implemented on this idea. And it really, um, I think people, I started to get my own identity for work because of that. And I got a lot of uh, good PR because of that. Recognition and all that. Um, the second thing is that both my kids, I both, I gained 30 kilos. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I have no excuse. But I gained 30 kilos and to lose that, you know, like I didn't allow it to sit. Mm. Somebody had told me, just gain whatever you want. Just make sure you lose it in the first year. Mm. So I just followed that advice. Okay. And uh, it really helped. Like you, I got fitter. Like I said, I start, I've become more fit post my two kids than I was in my 20s. I'm, I can do more today at 40 than I could when I was 20. Like I said, okay. at 18, I couldn't, I had trouble walking up a flight of stairs. So, and today you tell me tomorrow, go up and do a 21K, I'll do it. Maybe, maybe not as fast as you, but yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So I really feel that I love getting older. I love what age does to me. I just feel like I'm more mature, more self-confident, more self-assured. Self-esteem is better. I just love who I am at 40 compared to who I was at 20, you yeah. know, and uh, and I'm saying again, my kids uh, having those two kids made me better at work. Mm. They made me better at they made me strive for more. And because sometimes it's the uh, it's the tipping point, right? It's kind of reverse. Like I got so big that I had to like do something drastic to get back to where I was. But probably like in college, I was saying I was yo-yoing. Yeah. I was neither too bad, neither too good. So it, I just went in that sense of averageness. I just moved in that average space. Mm. Whereas after you, you know, after the kids, it's really made me more driven. You become more sensitive to time. I'm like one machine when it comes to time, you know. So I'm just a lot more efficient. I may not work. Before my kids, I used to work 10, 12 hours a day. I, today I might work eight hours a day, but I am so much more efficient in those eight hours than I was when I had 12 hours okay. to work. Is it because you now you know that the, uh, those specificities on what your time is already plotted? Uh, I have to plotted. spend time with the kids. Yeah, it's plotted. Like right? the four hours, maybe I spend four hours Therefore, you're more them. efficient on the time availability what yeah. you've got. Maybe the four hours I used to spend on myself working and now okay. I have to spend on my kids. Yes. So I just have to be more efficient. I make sure I hire more efficient people because I know that my efficiency is dependent on them. So I'm yeah. better at hiring people. I'm more incentivized to have a high performing team hmm. because my performance depends on them. If they are not yeah. high performing, I'm not going to be able to perform. Yeah. Yeah. So it's made me better in so many ways. And this myth of like after kids, you know, like that weight you gain will never go or after kids, your career has to take a back seat. No, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, of course, each family situation is different. Sure. You need the support system. You need fam like yeah. family support. All that is yeah. there. So I'm not trying to say there's a one size fits all. But for me, that really worked. And for me, I've really looked at uh, getting better, fitter, stronger with age. And I hope that at 45, yeah. my full Ironman at 45 will be a lot faster than the one at 40. Of course. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm cheering for you that and yeah. look forward to that. That's the plan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, Varun gets the sport, kids are looking at it, so they know what you're doing it. Uh, what about your mom and dad now? Do they now get 
what you're doing, no, they why they you still don't no. get it. I don't talk about it to them. And you don't uh, put your time to kind of still go no. about and explain why you're putting those anything. hours. <laughs> no. They only they know. They this. only know when they're going for the when you're going for the race. I'm not going to share this podcast with my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's in public, so someone would share it. But do they know that you signed up for Copenhagen? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's official anyway, though. Uh, so, I hope, <laughs> so I hope. No, no uh, I'm going to cut uh, off the video <laughs> of this podcast. My parents yeah. have no but, clue. I've signed up for Copenhagen for. Lion Man, they yeah. will tell me to stop right now. Okay? Yeah, but your team member knows about it, right? Oh. Your team, your, your no. management team, they Nobody. also don't so know. Delete. <laughs> so, so the board knows by now. The board does not know. <laughs> Yeah, that is cool. I've only applied for leave. Okay. <laughs> I've said I'm not in town from April 16 to April 25th. They don't know why, they don't know what. They still don't know. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. No, uh, I'm sure all of them would be Nobody very knows. happy with the... I'm in uh, stealth mode debut, right now. <laughs> debut, mar- debut Iron Man. But did they know about your debut marathon? No. They didn't no. know? See, I'll tell you, this is the sad part. The moment you're doing something else, people think you're distracted. Okay. Why do you think that's the, I mean, that's yeah. how it is? Where do you, why, like I said, the comment, where do you have time to run your company if you're busy running in the park? This is the yeah. comment I got. Yeah. Doesn't matter that I run one hour a day and I'm working 10 hours a day. Yeah. You know, so perception like is, uh, you know, that's a problem. And yeah. I work or I mean, I do this on my own time. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's made me a better leader. Yeah. And uh, that it's an intangible, so it's hard to show the benefit of. Right. But that's a fact. People think, oh, if she has other passions in life, where does she have time for her kids? Where does she have time for work? Where does she have time for sure. her is, husband? Is this, is this friction, do you think, specifically uh, coming to you because you are at that leadership position? Or do you think that's relevant across the spectrum? I think more so because of the role that I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, probably because of the sensitivity of the role. Yeah. 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 But I think, like I said, that's why I need to balance it out. That's why it's one event a year. Sure. I'm yeah. not training for like six events in the year. Yeah. I have one event a year. Yeah. You train and then you take a break. Right. You know, it's usually six months of training and six months of, and something's got to give. And it's okay. It's a choice one makes. And I really think it makes you better. Mm. Like I know when I go talk to investors, the other day I was, I had to go on road shows. I spoke to some investors. And that guy happened to be uh, into marathons. Okay. And he was so taken up that I was also doing marathons. That it sometimes helps. It's a yeah. point of connection. Of course. And, uh, and is that? Do you think that's changing now? Do you, I mean, since you said, I mean, there are corporate leaders who are running Tata Mumbai marathons yeah. and all. So is that changing now? See, it's the meaning you give to it. Hmm. You're always gonna have some cynics who be like, who'll be like, oh, hmm. where, where do you have the time? Like, yeah. Why are you doing? Why were you doing that? Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. Um, you have to live it to the fullest. Yeah. Um, I don't want to cow down to yeah. cynics. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, true. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I would look, I will, I would really would want that, uh, uh, that mindset to go from wh- why you're doing to how you're doing it. Because yeah, that just opens up uh, opportunities for a lot many people. Uh, not that they need encouragement, but it just opens up uh, that ability to let, let's now yeah. Like I'm always questioning, like you have to be a high performing individual. Yeah. How do you be a high performing individual? Like what do I need to do to perform like at work? Like for me, again, work is super important. Of course, this is a triathlon focused podcast. So I'm talking about the triathlon. Yeah. But if it's a work related podcast, I'm not going to be talking about my triathlon. You yeah. know? Um, but it, it's, it's, um, it's how you want to spend your time in your life. Yeah. And I don't know why people need to have so many 
judgments and opinions about it. But uh, like I said, I've made a decision. I've made a choice. I have a plan. I have. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Allow me to do what I need to do with my life. Yeah. You know, um, and it's parents. You know, I think parents actually come from a place of is this safe for you to do? Is yeah. this good for your health? Yeah. So it's not from any other. They don't get it. Yeah, parents yeah. are parents. parents yeah, they'll sure. be. Well, sure. My dad's like, why do you want to go swim in that lake? Why do you yeah. want to go cycle on the road? They're parents. Yeah. Fathers yeah. and right. mothers are going right. to care for you right. and for your safety. So it's their concern is coming from them, and I don't want to unnecessarily stress them out. Sure, no, no. I mean, time management uh, kind of, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's all about time management, and that makes me ask, right? What's your social media protocol, right? Because uh, again, uh, the life we live th that consumes most of your time. So, what's your protocol? Uh, I'm not on many of the platforms, okay. so I'm not on Twitter. Okay. LinkedIn, I think my team, my PR team manages, so I'm not okay. on LinkedIn for all. I'm not on. I don't use Facebook. Okay. The only thing I use is Instagram. Instagram, okay. Um, I post sporadically. Okay. Um, is it is it more of your participations and winnings, or is this more family thing? No, it's only I don't do family and stuff. Okay. I just do. It's either corporate. Okay. Or it's more. Uh, I would say it's more uh, branding. Okay. Okay. Building up your personal brand. So I use it for work. Okay. And I use it for my personal stuff. I actually do, I'm not a big fan of. Posting all these very personal okay. family moments. I'm not a fan of that. No, no, no medals of the finish lines. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I said. Uh, personal yeah, okay. stuff, like a brand. my okay. hobby. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's like, okay. it's more, yeah. So brand. it's more outward telling the world or yeah. is it inward? Do you also consume no. content which comes yeah, from I social media? Yeah, I consume like most of my, uh, like some of my news comes from social okay. media. Okay. So a lot of it is on health. Okay. Like, you know, all the hazard nutritionists. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Health, like, yeah, yeah all, that. all that. So I use yeah. it for information. Uh, sometimes a bit of retail therapy. Okay, okay. And that's decent for you? I mean, is that something what you think it's... Uh, I mean, you don't have to work on those the, uh, timelines and that's decent enough, the social media... No, no, comes. I don't have a plan and it's not okay. like a... I don't have a program to like get X number of followers and all yeah, that. Yeah, no. yeah. No, I, I, so I'm asking in the sense like, is it it's do, it's doing good for yourself whatever time you're spending on social media? Yeah, is it do or do you think that that needs some regulation? I actually don't spend too much time. Okay. Like maybe, I don't know, like when I'm in the car. Okay. Or you know, if I have some free time, Between it's not like I'm just okay. sitting on the couch and doing going okay. scrolling through social media. Okay, I don't think I spend too much time on that. Right, 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 great. So it's like it's an in-between filler. You right. know, it's not like a. I don't like at night. I'm not sitting and scrolling through social media instead of sleeping. Right, right. Uh, so a lot of people. Uh, I mean, the reason why I sat down today with you was to kind of set this tone to uh, also unpack. Uh, what makes you do what you're doing uh, and uh, why you're doing it, right? So I think we've kind of, uh, you know, opened the uh, yeah. can a lot on that. And that's that. maybe one of the reasons why I don't have too much on what I do outside of work. Yeah. Because it's like, for the reasons I just mentioned right, in this podcast, right, it's like, right. if I have so much on my personal life and right. my training, right, right. I'm going to get questions like, right, right. Oh, and, is she working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, nobody's going to say that to a voracious reader. Sure. Like, Why are you reading so much? What if I spend so three much? hours reading? Right, right. Like, what if I spend three yeah. hours a day reading a book? Yeah, that's, that's okay. A, yeah, that's what very... if I spend three hours watching Netflix? That's of course, okay. Of course. Nobody's yeah. asking me, Why are you watching so many uh, Netflix programs, right? Right, right. They yeah. don't know that I don't watch TV. They don't know that I don't watch Netflix. They don't know that, hey, I'm not socializing like, Six nights yeah. a week. Mm. They don't know that. Yeah. You know, so they, it's like, why are you exercising two hours a day? Yeah. 
but nobody is questioning how many hours of tv anybody is watching or how many hours of books they are reading or i don't know what are the hobby other, gaming like we're not doing all of that so yeah. it's just so lopsided sometimes I know. and you're doing something that's good for you and your mind and your body and yeah. it's a question yeah. you know as yeah. as they say like when you eat healthy or you don't drink like 100 questions as to why you're not drinking yeah why are you not eating sugar like why are you not doing but like, at that time when you say that look uh, i'm training you're or boring. i'm talking about you're a killjoy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i know that that no it's i I've, i've been called boring so many times and i yeah. i i get very offended by it but so i've i've seen that as a first world identity for a lot of recreational amateur athletes because that's what they yeah. find themselves into a situation yeah. because a lot of most of their friends who don't connect to what they do find them boring because oh. you don't turn up on friday parties and even if you turn up you say that by 9 o'clock you want to move back and you're yeah. not having more than one drink yeah. because you have a long run tomorrow so and most people have now started making peace with it because that is who you are so you have to kind of agree yeah the to problem it. is i need to make peace with it too like i like like i said i enjoy socializing i get energy from people so for me that friendships the the socializing is important yeah so that's why yesterday i said i went out yeah i went yeah. out yeah and yeah. it was important for me right right so i did it right uh tell me uh, so you run a startup accelerator so yeah. you are into startups already yeah. um uh if you had want uh some areas where you could see some innovation in the health and fitness space problems what you might have seen first hand or you would rather want people to build uh does some uh, topics or areas come your mind which you think look would be cool if some startups can go out and build something around health and wellness could be nutrition could be food could be i don't know fitness anything comes to your mind honestly um, i think there's so much tech already out there mm. like on my garmin i see my you know you have that in fact i was i'm sorry i uh, just wanted to ask you what's your take on variables how much of are you a data person are you like do you track a uh, lot of your uh, statistics some of it okay. like okay my heart rate or okay. certain certain other things but like you know like i'm not obsessed like i used to wear that fitbit that used to track your sleep score okay and it stressed me out more than i more. wouldn't sleep you know so okay. i just screw this <laughs> and this i've seen this i've heard no, from no i don't want to track my sleep and i don't people, want anything yeah. on my body and i don't want any bluetooth this too much intrusion my, no yeah. i don't want anything on my body when i'm sleeping okay uh and i think there is on my garmin my stress score okay and sometimes you get more stress looking at looking how stressed at you <laughs> when the garmin say that you're too stressed yeah i don't want to know how stressed yeah. i am you know yeah. I'll, yeah, i'll manage it yeah. and then there's another app i started to on like your sleep deficit okay. Okay. And you feel so bad when you have a deficit. Like I, I, I would look at the app only when I knew I'd slept well, and not look at it when I knew I didn't sleep well. So I'm like, what is the point of this? So, <laughs> I think sometimes with data um, basics, I just stick okay. to the basics. I probably need one of those glucose monitoring things. Okay. I don't have those patches, and okay. probably I think I need one. Okay. Uh, is that because you're now looking at a nuanced nutrition side? Yeah, okay. I just want to. Hmm. Yeah, explore the, yeah, that side that of it. Yeah, yeah. I, really I can recommend it. you few. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, but I don't like that pricking. And yeah, that's the only way because that's the only invasive way. Else, mm. unless Apple seems to be working on something, Apple Watch, but yeah. nothing is out in the market. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the least invasive. Yeah, probably yeah. a non-invasive. Uh, yeah, yeah, non-invasive is not out there yeah. yet. Yeah. Glucose. And yeah. Glucose monitoring. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I don't so like having something on me all the time, so I've not used that. what about the ultra yeah. what's yeah. it yeah yeah ultra human yeah. yeah 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 so yeah so what are the areas you think people should innovate uh, any any specific areas come Just to mind yeah okay 
the glucose monitor, glucose monitor which is non-invasive glucose, glucose monitor. Glucose monitoring. Uh, and what else? I think there's something for everything already here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something for everything already. No healthy snacks, healthy desserts, what no. comes to your mind? No. You're already having enough. No, I just think if you want to eat the sugar, just eat the sugar. Okay. <laughs> Make peace with it. Don't eat something fried. Just eat the fried thing. Like don't do some, you know, get your, um, I, you know, I think less processed stuff. So I'm trying to eat more fresh food. And honestly, I'm just trying to buy less protein bars and less uh, protein balls and less everything. I'm just trying to eat fresh, natural whole food, naturally, and Mm. um, you know, just work like that. Excellent. So I don't um, think I want to. I don't know, if, like what, like I tried all this keto stuff, and I'm like, I don't. Oh, you feel tried good. all of that? Okay. Like I've tried everything. Okay. I don't feel good. Okay. And I think just eating natural food, cooked fresh, mm. is great. Okay. Fruits, vegetables, dals. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And you're you're non-veg. I'm non-vegetarian. Okay. Okay. So protein should not come. Like a big problem. Yeah, but I'm not a huge meat eater. Like okay. I actually don't like the concept of eating meat. Okay. Uh, I don't like that concept, but I eat it because I think I'm just grown up. Okay. I'm half Malayali, so I. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's like so, a default thing on the plate. Yeah, yeah, it's a default thing. But I, I I don't need it. So at home we are vegetarian. But my husband's vegetarian. Okay. So at home we are completely. So breakfast and dinner is completely okay. vegetarian. Lunch okay. I usually get it at office, so okay. I get something made. Okay. Me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're almost wrapping up. Um, uh, if someone had to start, uh, if people are sitting on the fringe right now, and uh, and that's what most of the uh, most of our uh, people around us is there. Always this January moment when you think that okay, now let's get that resolution done. Or you're always sitting at the edge, procrastination. What is that you had to? Would you want to tell them like what's the easiest way which makes them go and do? something tomorrow like what's the mental model for them it could be anything running cycling but essentially the mental model what they can start how would they want to start so i really like that philosophy of one percent better every day um see uh, there is so i don't think that you can get one percent better every day because for me i've realized that success is not linear it's very there are a lot of ups and downs but I think, yeah, not uh, like setting, you don't have to set any big targets. So if you're at half a kilometer, move to one, small baby steps. And I think that's really helped. The small baby steps, some level of consistency really helps. Yeah. And that's it. And sometimes somebody was telling me, like I was asking a friend who had biked a lot. Yeah. And I was like, man, I've done 100 once in my life. How do I get to 200? And he said, it's not about the big rides all the time. It's sometimes just doing smaller rides consistently. It's like doing the 50Ks twice yeah. a week instead of doing the hundreds once a week. Yeah. You know, maybe two 50Ks twice a week is more important than 100 once a week. Yeah. So it's just the consistency. And I think I need to also improve on the consistency. So I'm not going to give gyan on how to be very consistent <laughs> yeah. because I think I could yeah. do a lot better yeah. there too. Yeah. So I, I just think it's small baby steps. For me, I liked, like some people will go from zero to, like you were saying, zero yeah. to full marathon. Yeah. I like to take it progressively. Uh, so I would say just start small, like yeah. just do the first K. And I have friends who are very fit, but they're not runners. So for them, hey, 3K is a big deal. Hey, 5K yeah. is a big sure. deal. So yeah. just whatever uh, suits you. And I yeah. would say do what suits you. Like maybe running doesn't suit you. Maybe 
swimming doesn't suit you and maybe biking doesn't suit you and maybe something else suits you just yeah. do what you love yeah it should yeah. be fun yeah um approach it with fun like, yeah i think that's the most important part yeah, of it. Like it should be fun yeah like people forget to have fun yeah. you know yeah. and that's when i have a problem with it okay when it starts stressing me out more than the fun part actually being yeah. fun but i also understand everything cannot be fun all the time yeah. you have yeah. to go through the pain and the yeah. rigor and yeah, yeah. learn to enjoy the pain right Right. Yeah. I think that's one thing I would say. Yeah. It's the pain and learn to enjoy the pain, like the yeah. process. Like, hey, this is tough. And like, yeah. The hidden treasure sure, is uh, inside those uh, suffering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you? So, I, that, there's that book, right? The subtle art of not giving the, up. Yeah. 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 F. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book. That yeah. is my most one of my most favorite books because yeah. everything just hit home. And I think the author Mark Manson says, "Hey, what are you willing to suffer for?" Yeah. So I'm willing to suffer for this. <laughs> no, fabulous. Yeah, you know, that's a great. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it. Of course. Because anything good or difficult you want to achieve involves suffering. So yeah. you know, when you say enjoy the process, of course you'll enjoy it, but it involves suffering too. So are you willing to suffer for it? And that's a question that really changed my framework. Because in as a child growing up as a teenager, the moment I started suffering, I said, forget it. I'm not doing. It. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not doing it. whereas now as you get much older you realize it's a cause worth fighting for so yeah. suffering is actually good good sometimes yeah and that's what they say like uh, pain is also good right i mean you have yeah. to experience the pain to yeah, kind of you, cherish the if joy you, if you can uh, go through suffering with a smile on your face yeah nothing can touch you yeah so uh, so as a triathlete do you have a pain cave What is the pain cave? Uh, uh, so the space at your home where you put all your treadmills oh. and your bikes and your <laughs> gym session, which is like no. I mean, triathletes call themselves mostly it's oh. in the basement and they call that a pain cave. No, so I you're don't. doing all it. You don't have it. Mine is spread out and it's a happy cave. I don't like that concept. <laughs> like, no, it's a um, yeah. No, it's no all spread cave. out. Like everything yeah. is all spread out. Right. So right. I don't have like this one location. I have my bike on the balcony, so I it's outside. Okay, and that's it. Yeah. Then the gym is in my mother's house. The pool yeah. is in my mother's house. Okay, so it's all spread out. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. No. Um, no. So I'm. Uh, uh, it's been very fun, exciting yeah. conversation, Rupa. Uh, uh, most importantly, I'm very excited about Copenhagen. Oh, I have to gosh. keep. keep telling this because that's not going out and oh. people know by now that copenhagen is on the calendar um i'm also excited to see if you can come back and do another road racing uh, 445 as a debut is uh, not bad at all considering that not much of training went in yeah. so i'm also uh, keen uh, and excited what would that be if you had to train for a full marathon specifically yeah. yeah and uh, no this been very fun conversation uh, knowing that other side of yours and i really hope uh folks listening watching get some notes get some takeaways which makes them go back and say look uh, if she can do it uh, you know i could also get started with a 5k or yeah, yeah. whatever they want to do 100% right do so it, yeah and by now since people know that you are a a uh, fairly experienced uh, uh, athlete in the space so people should now yeah. reach out to you to get some uh, tips uh, right mm -hmm. how to get better yeah no but yeah thank you so much uh, you. this was, was a fun, uh, fun conversation <laughs> yes and that was the idea and um, uh, we should do again uh, a copen post post, post race uh, copenhagen to check what's happening and uh, uh, yeah look forward to uh, uh the next uh, piece when we catch up sounds good right? thank you thank, thank you nirupa thank, thank you that's it thank you for listening and watching this episode with nirupa i had a lot of fun so long conversation i hope you got a lot of cues and tips 
perhaps start your journey with try to balance our marathon. Send me some feedback. Let me know how I can get better. You can reach me at LinkedIn, Twitter, or here on YouTube. Let me know if there are other interesting people you want me to talk to, and I will find a way to get them to this podcast. See you at the next episode. Thank you.